everybody, and welcome to a uh, long hiatus to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void, <laughs> episode 220, baby. Um, does anybody want to try and handle the recap? <laughs> big, yeah. bat- big battle, uh, big Pokemon, portal yep. open, we go through. Yanma soloed, mm. Ash Ketchum on top of the tower. Uh, and so we won that fight thanks to me and only me. And then uh, I think Arceus? No, Dialga. Dialga showed up uh, and teleported us uh, into the past, right? Correct. Cool. Correct. So, so here we are. Uh, you guys went in the past. Um, HB was uh, went to the past and uh, Max skis his way through into the past. That's uh, right. Fucking Max. Okay, so, I mean, after 42 weeks off, I guess that's the best we're going to get, so I'm not going to belabor the point. Let's just, let's, let's just jump right into it. The air is dry, crisp, leaving a stabbing feeling in your lungs. You've landed in a heap on top of sand that has not hesitated to begin burning your skin. The sun is high, relentless, and unimpeded as it puts your skin under attack. But that isn't all under siege. Around you is utter chaos, people scrambling around, tending to Pokemon, massive machinery destroyed, and orders being barked by a rather statuesque looking man. He is slightly stocky fellow, but still has an athletic tone, brown hair that remains perfectly quaffed at all times, and sporting a matching brown thick mustache. His tanned leather lederhosen set off a bright red and white checkered shirt, but what catches your eye is the accordion draping down in front and the guitar slung across his back. We need those Cacnea and Cacturn up and moving. Get it together. Another wave is coming. We can't let them get to Nimbasa. Are those Sandslash ready to go? The man continues to shout orders as the bustle continues. He strikes you as the leader of the group. Dead people and Pokemon alike lay in the sands all around you. Every individual around you is wearing a purple bandana with a spiraling gold V. It's as if nobody has even noticed your sudden appearance. Now, for you listeners at home, we're trying something a little creatively different, um, where I'm going to give a narrative opportunity to each character as uh, uh, they progress their own uh, Pokemon and story forward here. The mustachioed man points points over the, the dunes. Here they come. Get ready to counter. He hops on the back of a large caged vehicle that seems to be made specifically to handle the sand-like conditions. A large purple and yellow Pokemon with a gaping maw positions itself and its seven pipe-like protrusions from its head and back on top of the vehicle. Two of the tubes are long and flexible, making up the tail. The purple and yellow monster positions itself on top of the buggy. June, your watch begins to make a static noise. Explode. Nice. Explode triggers earthquakes with the tremors it creates by bellowing. If this Pokemon violently inhales from the ports on its body... It's a sign that it's preparing to let loose a huge bellow. The buggy's driver slams the accelerator as soon as the man and Pokemon are in position and the buggy races away from the group. A violently harsh series of noises escapes from the Pokemon's mouth 
As the man begins to compress his accordion, the sound amplified by the Pokemon. The two working in unison, the sound waves begin to reshape the desert landscape. And that's when your eyes meet massive machines rumbling over the terrain in the distance. Enormous top-mounted artillery comes to life, and after a short delay, finds you in the midst of devastating concussions as the firepower rains down upon you. And uh, June, Joe, Chip. I will turn it over to you. Okay, well, June uh, June has kind of <laughs> appeared out of nowhere, just like hands over her, her face with this blinding light that just, uh, just kind of occurred, looks around for her crew, makes sure that everyone's safe and in the same place. Um, and as the concussive blast starts, start like, you know, exploding all around us, she just dives over to a nearby rock and pulls out um, Pokeballs uh, for Bud and Fletchling, for Bud and Cinder, his, her Aaron and Fletchling. And she releases them in in front of her. And she says, don't worry, I've got this covered. We're going to be fine. Um, <clears throat> I'll explain later. And she uh, kind of stands up from the rock to see what's coming their way. So, um, just real quick, give me a perception check, June. Okay. Uh, that is a 22. Um, so you get a clear view, um, of, uh, the, the picture of the machinery I sent you, uh, coming over to your left. That seems to kind of been missed by maybe the mass of, uh, of uh, the people led by this accordion fellow uh, kind of into the main fray. Uh, So you notice that off to your left a little bit. And another thing you notice um, is as the concussive blasts of the firepower kind of explode and detonate around you, uh, you notice a purple mist uh, is being is emanating from uh, the shrapnel that is coming off of uh, um, off of that kind of uh, maybe re- making you think a little bit of uh, the purple tinged bullets uh, from before you jumped through time. Hmm. And okay. I'm turning it over to you. This is, this is your your narrative, my friend. I'm not going to interrupt anymore. Okay. <clears throat> so you said um, this tank thing. That I see. How far away is it? It's off. To, it's off to your left at a distance you choose. Just if you don't mind, kind of describing the tank okay, as sweet. you interact with it. That'd All right. Be great. So it's a couple hundred feet away, uh, but I can see it kind of in the in the you know how you look down like a hot road and it's kind of blurred. It's in the distance, just kind of chugging chugging its way forward. Um, and June ducks down back behind the rock, and her back is kind of towards the tank where it's coming. She's looking at Aaron and um, Fletchling. And she just says, uh, she's just saying, let's just lay low for a minute and let that thing come closer. And as she's staring at Bud, Bud kind of peeks up uh, over top of the rock and his eyes narrow and he kind of scowls. And then he just takes a running leap over June's head over the rock and starts barreling towards this tank. And Fletchling um, takes to the air, just flies after him. And June's just kind of left there like panicked that her Pokemon just left and are heading straight for this. So she she pops up, she whips around, she says, no, and runs after them. And the three of them are just barreling, barreling towards this tank. Uh, the dirt, like, beneath Aaron's feet is just rushing past as the, the sandstorm, you know, of the area is kind of rushing past Fletchling as they are just darting towards this tank um, with June 
uh, terrified, kind of running behind them, uh, wanting to keep her Pokemon safe. And as Aaron's feet kind of like pound into the dirt, pound into the dirt, and pound into the dirt, you start to see his uh, form flash white and grow. And uh, this tiny, you know, steel-type Pokemon grows and grows as his uh, paws turn into large hooves that pound into the dirt, leaving huge um, clouds of dust behind him as June is racing after him, kind of uh, eyes wide open. And um, Fletchling, who's kind of swooping back and forth, trying to catch up, uh, her Cinder's form starts to change as well, um, growing slightly larger. Um, the feathers kind of poof out, and uh, she quickens her pace in the air. Um, and suddenly, you see Aaron turn into this rhinoceros-sized steel-type beast who just roars this this angry roar, facing off this tank as the cannon kind of faces down the the, the Laron, but is now a Laron. And um, Fletchling evolves into in midair and just tucks her wings in and darts down, um, kind of keeping pace now with the, the Laron. And as they reach the tank, um, June far behind now, you see uh, Bud just dig his his face, dig his snout underneath the, the front panel of this tank. And with one huge, um, strong grunt, he lifts his head up and the tank just starts to flip in the air sideways, um, revealing the underside of the tank as it fires this cannon that just goes... You know, this this huge blast, this concussive blast that just flies off into the sky to the left. Um, and at the same time that this tank is kind of, you're seeing this in slow motion now, this tank is kind of flipping off sideways. Um, you see Cinder turn in the air and just unleash this scorch, this, this raging hot fire that um, just scorches the underside, the vulnerable uh, section of this tank. Um, Laron hit a fuel line. You see gasoline start to like spill out as it as it crushes to the ground. And when as soon as this fire hits it, uh, Laron darts off and uh, Cinder, you know, flies up and the fire engulfs the the underside of this tank and it hits that gasoline and the whole thing just bursts into flames. You see, you know, shrapnel fly all over the place as this thing just explodes and June is just stops dead in her tracks and just looks at the uh, the carnage and just says, fucking sweet! <laughs> Boom, we'll cut it right there. Uh, Mortimer. Oh. Um, Mortimer sees in the distance kind of a, like a bipedal uh, kind of monstrosity with like a single turret atop and a small window uh, on the front that looks like maybe it's a, like a manned, obviously a manned machine. Uh, kind of like the the ATSTs from Star Wars, um, and as the turret turns and kind of starts uh, lining up shots, you know, in Mortimer's direction, Mortimer kind of starts fumbling for his uh, his pokeballs. I uh, oh oh god oh god, and they just all spill out on the ground <laughs> and just erupting from a cloud of dust is a chew facing Mortimer and snot just begins to pour out of his nose uh, encompassing the backside of a chew and Mortimer himself um, <laughs> and once the snot stops flowing Mortimer 
picking up his Pokeballs. Oh god, oh god, oh, where's, where's Lopper? Rick, Rick, where are you, Rick? Achoo! I don't, I... <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, Achoo turns 180 degrees. And Mortimer feels the boogers. <laughs> it hardens up, and Mortimer gets basically attached to the back of the chew. And he's just, like, stuck there. <laughs> like a chew is, uh, knows he's in trouble in protecting him. And Mortimer feels <laughs> a chew starting to move. It's like he's being pulled towards this gigantic machine. And as a chew and this monstrosity is being, you know, faster and faster being pulled towards him, a chew's no nose begins to glow red hot. And as a chew approaches this uh, this machine, he's kind of his nose is kind of lifted off the ground. And it's almost like um like an an uppercut nose, right? With massive, super hot slices the front of this machine just wide open like a can. <laughs> That's beautiful. The machine splits in half and just collapses to the ground, a cloud of dust. And as Mortimer is released and looking around, Lopper falls out of Achu's nose. <laughs> oh, Lapa, there, there you are, Lapa. I, um, I'm glad you're safe, but, but where's, where's, where's Rick? Achoo, have you, have, wait, guys, where's, where's Rick? And then standing up from the wreckage is the man who was, uh, you know, piloting this machine. Um, and when he turns around doesn't see the man's face all he sees is a giant uh, floating gaseous form and two little clawed hands oh oh what a, a chew get attack what what is that and it's it's hauntar haunter 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 it's haunter there we go. Um, and Haunter looks at Mortimer and just kind of gives him the, the smile and the nod and just kind of starts floating and then sees the sun and dives what looks like into a Chu's body uh, to cower from the sun. All righty. <laughs> um, so we got the, the, the Cyndaquil sneeze to blow up the machine. And then uh, Rick Rick Gasly is now Rick Gasly, the Hauntar. Hauntar. I'm going to call him a Hauntar now the whole time. Rick, Rick Haunt. I'm going to have to come up. He's got to have a new name. Now he's coming. He's still Rick Gasly. Yeah, I was thinking you were going to Evo Light Gasly and keep him Gasly the whole campaign. I don't even know what that is. So... <laughs> Uh, that brings us to Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy is not a soldier. 
He's not trained for a battlefield situations such as this. So what he does when he walks to the top of the hill that we walked up, or that June walked up at the beginning of this, right? Kind of over a crest, see what's going on. Um, immediately turns and starts walking in the other direction. <laughs> um, but as he is so doing, there's another, like, it's like a crest which ends to go down another hill over there. He gets to that, and as he is approaching the edge of the crest, uh, another um, ATSD Star, Tor- Star Wars walker, like the one that Mortimer encountered, uh, just walks right up over the hill as he is getting to the edge of it, and it's, it's right on top of him immediately. Uh, and Jimmy panics. And he, he runs, and the thing is chasing him, and it's faster than him, it's gonna catch him. It's shooting, he's like sort of weaving back and forth so the bullets won't hit him. And he takes his Pokeballs out, and he throws them, uh, throws all the guys out, and he's like, you guys, uh, let's split up, you guys go, you guys go. And uh, Yanma, who has uh, increased from minus three loyalty to minus two loyalty, <laughs> Does go, doesn't care, just leaves. Uh, Flies away to safety. Uh, No reaction whatsoever. Uh, However, um, Trish and Lenny, who are my friends, instead stick with me and try to help. And the first thing that happens is Lenny runs up and he tries to swing his four by four. He thwacks the machine on the leg and it doesn't even flinch. And Lenny is still hurt pretty bad from the last battle where I let him get punched like 25 times and catch on fire <laughs> so he could use a move that didn't work. Um, so he's not doing great. The monster literally just picks the monster. The mech literally just picks his leg up and kicks him to the side where he appears to be unconscious. Jimmy trips. He falls down. He's crawling. The monster... The, I, why do I keep calling it a fucking monster? It's October. I, I've been watching monster movies. The mech <laughs> is catching up to him. It's standing over him. And he's rolled over onto his back, and he's kind of doing that thing where he scoots back, half-sitting. But he's obviously not going to get away. But at that point, Trish steps up, seemingly more powerful than ever, and puts up her hands. She's a psychic type, and you can actually see the ripples of force coming off of the mech as it's being pushed back. And for a second, it looks like it's going to work, but it doesn't. And you can see with a strain, as the mech is using all of its power, it's still making progress, and it's about to stomp on Jimmy and kill him. And then, Timber grabs onto his back leg, is barely holding him back, the monster is clearly just going to pick him up with his leg with the next step it takes. But then Timber evolves. He gets big. He gets real big. Uh, uh, Timber is like, what, the size of a dog? Like a small dog? Girder, which he evolves into, is like a bodybuilder. Two dogs. <laughs> Two <laughs> big dogs. <laughs> Two Great Danes. Stacked on top of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> and so he gets big, and all of a sudden, the mech cannot step forward at all. Uh, he's being completely held back, and Gothita seizes on that moment to not just push him back, but lift it up into the air, at which point, uh, Lenny grabs the other leg, 
pulls them apart, like say uh, frog legs or something, and literally rips the legs, like a wishbone, rips the legs <laughs> of the mech apart, and then he hoists one of the metal legs onto his back uh, as his new weapon, <laughs> and then he Sick. takes it like a baseball bat and he bashes the uh, cockpit of the machine into ashes. I love it. I love it all. I love it all. Someone draw that. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. You just um, have a, a metal leg. I'm going to bring bring us back here. Awesome narratives. Um, I was, you know, just kind of on a personal level, I always thought it, when playing the video game Red and Original, I always thought it was anticlimactic evolving because <laughs> it was like oh you're just there fucking there but so i kind of like the idea of you know you know uh, being able to talk through it and set up a scenario for that to happen um jumping back into the story here the battle dies down in front of you as pokemon and their trainers are recovering from having jumped in the fray the cactus like pokemon are, are calming down their firing of metal piercing needles the sand slashes that were opening massive holes in the earth are collapsing of exhaustion. And each deflation of that accordion, amplified by the explodent concert with sand spikes erupting from the dunes, piercing the final mechanical foe. What so suddenly began, so suddenly ends. The mechanical attack seems over for now. Trainers dropping to their knees and Pokemon keeling over from exhaustion. It was a fast battle, but an intense one. And not this group's first. You see everybody pulling back to the original point where you began. And the buggy with the accordion man making its way back to the group. He bellows through his explode. Well done, everyone. We'll have our scouts to make sure that was the last of them. No person or Pokemon is left behind. Everybody makes it back to the base, dead or alive. You see the man hop down, and the explode, explode hops down from the buggy. And other Pokemon nearby and their trainers begin tending to the fallen. Out of a nearby bunker come four people with large pink Pokemon following behind them, all with purple bandanas and a white band with a red cross. They, they push past the people to tend to the Pokemon. And you guys are where you are... And that that that's that's the the situation that's devolved in front of you, or I guess uh, occurs in front of you. Everybody, this is Joe. You're June. Thank you for tuning into a long hiatus. You mean the Tavern Presents Void? Uh, apologies for the delay. We just had a lot of a lot of life things hit us all at once, and we were struggling to um, find a time to set up and record and continue. But uh, we got another one in the books being edited right now, so hopefully we're back on track. Um, you know, it is 2020 after all. But uh, thanks for sticking with us, and glad glad to have everybody back listening, and glad to be back together. Um, recording this podcast. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for your support. Um, thank you especially to our Patreon subscribers that support financially to help this show grow. And uh, thank you very, very much to our master trainers. These are people that donate $10 or more a month. Uh, they get special perks in the Discord. They get special perks. Uh, they get to watch video recordings of every session we record on audio and video. Um, so totally unedited 
clear of any fixes, uh, video recordings, um, of each episode. So if you're interested in that, go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. We have other levels as well, lower than 10 bucks. Uh, but thank you to Master Trainers, Daniel Johnson, Nick Jensen, Chris Lewick, Carol, uh, Carl, <laughs> Carol, Carl Hamlin, Dieter Darker, Zen Zeba, Long Live Durf, Henry Calhoff, Chubbles, Joe Prudhomme, Rip the Cord, Zach Gunther, Kendall Brock, Cubicle Pirate, John Dwyer, Dana Story, Craig Spaulding, Caitlin Harvey, Darth Nate, Robert Gregory, Garrett Johnson, Joey Balboa, Spoopy Fondue, Sam J.O. Melton, Fumbles O'Brien, Charles Hollow, 8-Bit Wizard, Raver E. Alice, Chris Nelson, Super Average Jason, Grant Trickle, Max Bender, Team Finch, Rockinars Woodshop, Holly Roxana, Strive for Honor, Jello Crew, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson and Mark Albright. You all are amazing. Thank you so much for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. And thank you to all of you that stuck with us again and continue to listen. Enjoy the second half of episode 20. And we will see you all in hopefully two weeks. Peace out. So Jimmy quickly collects himself and strolls into camp with his uh, newly stronger friends. He's like, well, glad we could help win that battle. You guys were definitely in trouble before we got here. What's the situation? <laughs> um, is there so or, or who are you expressing this to? Maybe it's also, like who's, the med- who's with you? Did, did like did we group back up? Or you guys are doing. I'm just saying what I'm doing. <laughs> like, no, June, I, I'm June a... definitely uh, caught up with uh, Bud. Hops on his back and kind of strolls confidently back towards the camp with um, uh, Cinder on her shoulder, smiling, like grinning ear to ear from this huge Pokemon she's now uh, riding. But um, yeah, I, I would say like she hops off and finds Jimmy and. Yeah, I guess Morty uh, also falls in line, you know, seeing June follow Jimmy. So, Jimmy, since and, you're... And I'm going up to the, the guy, the accordion guy, I guess, or whoever looks like they're most in charge. Uh, that, yeah, so you're right. That would definitely be the uh, the guy with the accordion, the, the guitar on his back. Um, and you said, uh, uh, glad we could help out. What's the situation? And he kind of looks over at you, puzzled. And he's like, I don't, I don't recognize you. Did, were you reinforcements sent? Yeah. 69th Airborne, plane close. That makes no sense. <laughs> um, but glad, glad to have you. Glad to have you. I caught out of the corner of my eye. You take care of the walkie machine. <laughs> Is that, those is are that the technical term? <laughs> <laughs> Cannon. Write it in. Can't, can't, can't say how many we've lost to those uh, walking machines. Those walking Glad machines. we could help. Well, I mean, the, all the dead people are here. We can just count them. So you just gotta leave <laughs> and overall, in the, in, the other, in the other stuff that's going on in other places, too. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Um, and your name? And he extends his hand out to you. Uh, Dusty Dugnut. <laughs> He shakes his hand. 
Dusty, real nice to meet you. Glad, glad you made it in time for the last wave. Jakob Pridey. And he releases your hand and he turns around <laughs> to start tending to his explode and the other Pokemon. God bless you. <laughs> J- June kind of looks to Jimmy. Just, did you just say his name was Yaka? <laughs> <laughs> How far back did we go? <laughs> Jakob. Jakob. Like Jacob, but. With a, a Y. J- From Poland. She turns to him. She says, Is that what's that with a J? Is that a. Whatever continent we're on right now. Can you spell that for us? Why, Jacob? Jacob. Why, Jacob? Okay. <laughs> Look, Thanks, it's Jacob. not as bad as Hontar, which is phonetically <laughs> haunt, the word haunt with ER at the end. <laughs> well, June, uh, June uh, uh, reaches Jimmy and Morty and hops off uh, Bud, and she looks at their Pokemon, and she says, Guys! I don't listen. I don't know where we are, but check this out. Look at Bud. I uh, shows him off. Jimmy also is gesturing to Lenny, who's now uh, upholding his namesake. Wait, is Lenny the big guy from *Of Mice of Men*? I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because George is the little guy. George. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Lenny is upholding his namesake now that he's thick. I'm going to say June did not hear that conversation just the tail end of it where he said his name so she's like okay jimmy so uh what's the situation i think i think i, I don't I mean we don't want to reveal obviously that we're from the future that seems weird I, right i don't think they buy it i don't think they buy it i do we know that we're from the future did we know do, that do we, we went know backwards in time was you do. A, do we remember yeah, was, prior yeah. to was, was there a war was that a thing Going on in our we, past, in our future, <laughs> we don't. No, I do, mean, do we remember that we went through the portal and everything? Right. right. Yeah. So okay. your memories are intact. Uh, you do know you went to the past because Dialga said so, and you do know there's a war because of the, the Professor time. Spruce yeah. information. Right. 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 Okay. Right. 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 No, I knew yep. that. I meant that. <laughs> when he said, "Do we know we're in the past?" I was like, "I don't think there's a war in the future where we came from." So now that we're in a but war, but there could be a war in the future from our timeline. That's true. Days, in the double future, days of future right? The past, future, future, the double futures of our past. Three, back yesterdays. to the future three, towards the back, the past, the third right. installment, <laughs> leaping forward. Right, time change. This um, has been another episode of You Meet in a Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So, you know. so Jimmy. Okay, so so we need to blend in. Uh, I think we just you know business as usual. We act like we know what the what's going on, but we really do need to figure out what time period we're at. Uh, uh, June kind of tries to access her watch to see if anything happens if she calls Geneva or anybody. Um. So just for the for the sake of saving time, um, any function you try and do that isn't call. The three watches around you, meaning HB, Morty, or Jimmy's, doesn't function, but you do have access to your Pokemon Pokedex. database, and it's still scanning. You know that. You, so kn- you know the, you know that it's still scanned. Do we see... I mean, there's all of these other people had Pokemon, right? Yes. Do we see... Do they also have Pokemons that like we have? Like... Um, you, you don't immediately recognize any of the ones you all specifically have. Right. Um, but I will again point out, uh, may- maybe a, a detail that's worth stressing a little bit is they all have in some way on their persons, the, the trainers, um, 
a purple bandana with a gold spiraling V on it. A gold spiraling V. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so first June looks around for HB because I don't think we've made contact with her yet. Um, HB is uh, has her Growlithe, is with her Growlithe, uh, Denver, and they are just kind of assisting the medics, uh, you know, just carrying stuff, just bustling around. Uh, she seems to really just have, uh, just have, um, she seems to have thrown herself right into the recuperation or recovery effort. Mm-hmm. Nice. We're so she points desert, out right? HB to the other two. Sorry, tens. Yes, you're in a desert. Sorry, are Joe. There any, are there any sand dials around? I was thinking Jimmy should have a crocodile. Okay. I, um, well, you would be taking it from another trainer if it exists, but to make it easy on myself, no. <laughs> Joe. Okay. Oh, yeah. If we're in the past, we can catch more that's Pokemon. What was, that's what I was saying. It's exciting. Jimmy Jimmy starts looking around for some Pokeballs to requisition because Pokemon are <laughs> very valuable. Morty future. Morty starts tapping on Jimmy's shoulder. Um, Jimmy, I um, who who is this gentleman that you were uh, talking to? Uh, his name is, is Yahab. I believe. Uh, I, I, Yakab. Um, I, I hit my head during the battle, and I, I, I can't remember if I'm sixty-three or sixty-four. What, what year is it again? <laughs> and he, he, he looks at you, and he just turns medic, and a person, a person runs over with the, the purple, uh, headband with the gold spiraling V, and then the white one with the red cross, and uh. As a as the medic approaches, you actually see like a big a big pink bubbly Pokemon kind of chasing behind it, and your watch kind of does the same staticky. Chancy, Chancy is a kind Pokemon who shares its egg with those who are sick or injured. And the Chancy kind of bobbles up to you and shoves a uh, a we'll say a basketball sized egg in your face. <laughs> very helpful I, um i i take the egg i i don't know uh you feel you feel just warm all over your body <laughs> from just holding the egg i i love me a good omelet and the medic looks and points at you uh, uh and says i mean you don't have to like cook it to eat it you just kind of hold on to it I mean, or you can eat it. Whatever. It's got healing properties. Need anything else? I um, I, I took a hit on the head, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm 63 or 64. You well, look 64, what? probably 68. Eat the egg. It'll help. Ah, what, what year is it again? <laughs> what year is it again? I'm confused. What year is it? So actually, <laughs> what that's, movie I, is that's, that from? That's, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a difficult question to answer because we never actually established. Oh, it's Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> you just googled Robin. it and saw Robin Williams in the Houston joke. So to not specifically, but still kind of specifically answer your question, you are from whatever year is arbitrary. You know that based on the timeline you recently saw, that kind of puts you smack dab in the middle of the Great War, as it is outlined in the timeline that you've seen. Which was like 200 years ago? Uh, that's I think that's closer to like 100, 100 and some change. Yep. So we're in, we're in Back to the Future 2 right now. 
whatever you need to say so you understand where you are. We're in the old which west. is one jump backwards and to the middle of the war. I thought this would be easier. I'm a fucking fool. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> uh, June, June whistles over to HB and kind of like nudges, like waves her, waves her over and says, uh, HB, you know, you looked like you've uh, settled in pretty nicely. Um, have you learned anything? I mean, I'm not sure what to do here. We've obviously found ourselves somewhere within the war time period. She looks around. She goes, yeah, yeah. So um, I've just kind of been trying to chat people up. Uh, It seems like we're smack dab in the middle of the Great War. And um, they they call themselves the Valiant Army. And I think I think they're fighting avarice. I think that's what's happening right now. Um, which is why I just kind of threw myself into the mix. Um, because if we're in the middle of the war, they're trying to eradicate, Avarice is trying to eradicate Pokemon. So, you know, uh, that's a no-go, right? So uh, I've just tried to help out however I can. Oh, okay, okay. So you think, you're thinking this group, and maybe this is why Dialga put us here, this group is the future. I can't say that. I can't say that for certain. I'm sure the emblem that we know is probably der- uh, derived from this. I'm thinking they're the good guys here. Uh, I feel like I feel it down in my bones. So I'm just, again, I'm just trying to help out. You know, we went back. I don't know if I need to heal a specific person and that's the change in the future. I'm just trying to be as <laughs> proactive and positive as I can. Cause uh, we get one shot at this. All right. Um, eight, eight B. Can you, uh, requisition me a backpack? I, uh, this egg's got me feeling really nice and I want to keep it. Uh, <laughs> HB looks around and kind Calm of down, like Morty. plucks one off a dead person. It was like, I guess they don't need it. And then just kind of tosses it. To you. I, I, I don't know. Ask. I'd hate for this decision to be the one that ruins the future. And then she kind of gives you <laughs> one of these and gets back to helping. Uh, June, June reaches down at the same dead person and takes the, uh, purple bandana and kind of ties it around her own arm and then um gives just like a salute down and uh walks walks away um jimmy is looking for pokeballs (laughs) subtly um this is where you start to see um all the pokeballs as as you know them from from your limited limited experience um all seem to currently house trainers pokemon whether they have been felled or not and the ones that are free without pokemon in them are probably associated with uh, a pokemon that has died in the battle um so there's no we'll say readily available ones for you to use at this point in time uh, while mortimer's digging uh trying to push this egg into this uh backpack uh fits in a, real easily there's a fits purple in bandana easily in it and he pulls it out and replaces his orange bandana with the purple bandana around his neck. I love it. Love it. June finds uh Jakob again. He's like, "All right, Jakob, uh you know, we're here to help as, as much as we can. Um what's what's our next what's our next move?" Next move is we got to get uh, all all our dead. We got to bring them back to base. Um you know, Although those avarice goons may not have any heart left in their bodies, uh, you know, we, we show compassion to our Pokemon and to our fellow uh, Valiant members. So we're going to take care of them the best we can. That's that's all we can do for now. Aye, aye, Captain. And she goes and helps HB for the remainder of whatever. Jim, okay, Jim, pause Jimmy, that. Jimmy, Let's oh, go. go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, June, hold on to that if you're going back to talk to HB. Jimmy, go ahead. 
J- Jimmy was following behind June, and he's like, uh, sh- point of order. What, one additional question. Um, so we're, we're going to take care of the debt. Totally, totally feeling, really feeling that. He taps on his chest and pours out a little bit of water onto the ground for the, for the debt. <laughs> what, what are we going to do after that? What's the, what's the next move? Where are we at on the offensive? Uh, the fog of war and all, you know, we came in a plane. I'm not even totally sure where we are. You came in a plane? Yeah, airborne. 69th airborne. <laughs> plane close. That doesn't make plane sense. <laughs> and it's like, Did I say plane? I meant to flying Pokemon. We parachuted we down came, from a flying we came Pokemon. Across it's code. It's code. It's code. Yeah. It was yeah, a, yeah, uh, operational it was a Skarmory. I've been on one of those before. Yep. It's a Skarmory. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real fast. <laughs> Steelbird. Chain of command. Answer the yeah. question, please. Plain Sorry, class. I'm not sure what your rank is or whether I outrank you. June is just like June is like trying to go back and forth with Jimmy, just desperately trying to be. Yeah, Jakob. Like, just pulls uh, the strap of his leader hose aside, and it just quite simply says "General" on on, on his. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy salutes. Says, "Sir." Uh, excuse me. I didn't know that I was in the presence of such a distinguished gentleman. Uh, and, uh, General, uh, General Jakob, sir, um, what's, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you for, for a sit rep, but since you outranked me uh, uh, politely, courteously, sir, what, what, where are we at with the offensive? Settle down. <laughs> Settle down, young man. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. I know you're shaking. See a little bit of piss dribble down your pants. It's okay. It happens to everybody, not me, but some people, you, just you, uh, you know, the first time they're in battle, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Plan of action. Take care of the dead. I see you on that. We're on the same page. After that, we follow up to see what the scouts say, see if there's another offensive. Assuming no, we we see what our intel says and we make our next move. You know, I, I'd like to say we're on the offensive. I know you you're, you look like a greenhorn, pretty fresh. Um, you know, we've actually been on the defensive, um, and we're, we're getting beaten down pretty bad. So we, we need to find our alleys here. There's no way you're from here. I, so I meant the ha- opposing offensive, which we're defending against where we're at on the offensive, which we are, uh, subject to at this moment, sir, in terms of, uh, the combat, uh, and the kinetic situation of the current yeah, yeah. battlefield. Whatever object ob- offensive exists. You know, in salutes the, again. In the system of offensive versus <laughs> defensive, that's what we're up against. Uh, that's what we're asking about. Give me, give me a, a deception uh, check, and, and I'm assuming uh, I, I'll defer to Jimmy on this, not not June. Could June be helping? <laughs> Fuck no. Words. No. <laughs> you've, you've, his, you've you've historically been catastrophic to any efforts. I roll with disadvantage because I'm with June. <laughs> That's, fair. That's probably more fair. 16. 19. Ooh. Um, he just looks at you and he goes, cut the shit, kid. What's your deal? I appreciate I, uh, your help over here. We're from the future. <laughs> um, oh, I shouldn't have said that so loud. He snaps um, over and he goes... Medic. Yeah. Actually, oh, June says medic. Medic. He actually, he actually, he actually saw you already get an egg. So when you yelled that, he was like, "Old man, default egg, default old, egg." Old man, come over here. I, Jakob. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. How you, how you doing? I, um, yeah. 
And he looks over his shoulder at uh, at Jimmy, and he looks like, "Look, old man, I know, you, I know, Chancey just gave you that egg. I know you're on the up and up. You saying you're from the future makes more sense than the shit coming out of that kid's face, because he, <laughs> like, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I'm the general of the Valiant Army. Everybody knows me. I was the Nimbasi gym leader. Everybody knows that. Like everybody in this region knows me." What is this kid's deal? Um, you being from the future is the first thing that I've heard that made sense I, out I, of uh, you three clowns. Yakob, I'm going to, uh, I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen uh, pretty well, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, you <laughs> lose. <laughs> um, Hold and- on, Mike. Like, me personally, or like the collective you? Uh, the, the collective you. Uh, loose and we give me a me, per- persuasion check. What is what is Jimmy doing at this point in time? Jimmy is Jimmy is incredulous <laughs> that the general believes that this is a more credible story than the uh, admittedly non-existent 69th Airborne plane close nineteen <laughs> thirteen. Okay, you've got you've got him on the hook, real man. <laughs> so, um, we are from the future, and we are members of what is called Void. We are the Resistance, kind of like you in uh, this, you know, era. Um, we are also not faring so well. And so we, us three, have been sent back in time to help you uh, change, I think, the tide of the battle so that, you know... Um, if maybe not fully a victory on your part, uh, it'll at least change our future so that maybe we have a better chance. Um, my friends here, that's not even Dusty Dugnut. That's not even his real name. He, he just pretends to be Dusty Dugnut all the time. It's really, it's, why? it's really terrible confusing. name. I, I agree. <laughs> terrible. I agree. Name. Dusty Dugnut. Why, why didn't he make up something better? You would think, you would think he would have. Um, but that's his name's Jimmy, right? The, the girl, she, that's June. She's technically the leader of our little group, uh, but she was going <laughs> along with Jimmy's ruse, which obviously was not really working. Um, uh, at this point, Jakob leans in and whispers in your in your ear, "June should never do that." And then <laughs> just <laughs> leans back and like pitches a side glance at, at Jimmy, like M- Morty Jim, just Jimmy nods says, uh, along. Point of order. Point of, point point of order. Jakob uh, <laughs> turns around and then I, looks. I, at didn't, I didn't make up the name. I stole it from a man. Who I killed. He's right. Continue. It was an average I mean, name. So, uh, so it's an average guy. An average guy. Yeah, a bad guy. Yeah, we. I killed him. Wait, and you I, killed him? I, uh, didn't we kill him? Did no? Well, <laughs> didn't we? We knocked him Actually, out. I think June is the, the only murderer in the group right now. <laughs> no, so if you remember back to that episode, you caught up with us. You caught up with us and told us that you were just like. Hanging out in the helicopter, so we actually don't know what happened to Dusty Dugnut. So June was reacting to like, oh yeah, that's you right. Killed that guy. I knocked him out. I, I totally just knocked him out. I killed him. I killed a guy. I killed that guy. Jimmy fake one killed somebody. Combat. Unlike June, who actually- real killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still breathing in the future somewhere. Um, okay. Regardless, Jakob, we are we are sent from the future to bolster your chances in this war. And you okay. should use us as such. I. Okay. <laughs> he looks at you and he goes, let's just 
let's just say, since you have a better, a more believable story than Jimmy, who is Jimmy in says, the desert. How is that more believable? How he, is that more believable? He just turns to you and he goes, you're in a button-up black shirt, black <laughs> jeans, and black pan- or black shoes in the fucking desert. Something's wrong with you, boy. And he turns. He turns back so to time Mortimer. travel? You believe time travel? It is true, by the way. To be fair, that is what happened. But you believe time travel over the 69th Airborne. I mean, uh, listen, Jimmy, Continue, we are controlling General, sir. elemental and monsters. Again. <laughs> he just kind of waves you off. He turns back to Mortimer. He goes, okay, let's say all of this is true. How can we put you to use? Like, what, do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Do, is, there, um, is there a moment? Um, are we just supposed to, like, hang out or, like? I, uh, we were not given specific instructions. A legendary Pokemon told us in our brains to come back and fix everything in the past. And that's the only, uh, that's all we got. Okay, it's a little loose. Not a lot not a lot to build with there. Not a lot to build with there. Um, but, okay, so just help in general or change a moment, change, uh, help me out. Give me something. Is there any clues? Anything. Um, first off, the, the force that you are fighting against, what, what do you call them? Avarice. Avarice. That, that is the same uh, entity that we are fighting in our timeline. Um, June, you got any ideas? You're the smart one. Yeah, what's their seat of power? Right. What do they control? Uh, in, our, in, in the future. Like in the broader world. Correct. In the future, there are almost no Pokemons left. Correct. That kind of like, completely taken over, wiped out all they the Pokemon. control almost all. He kind of he, he kind of snaps to attention when you say that, and he goes, "That's it. that's what they're trying to do right Named now." The JKH we call we as a collective, the Valiant Army, the Resistance, we call them Avarice because we see that they are all cut from the same cloth. Avarice, the company and the government is all one. We call them Avarice. Their tentacles of corruption and power reach into everyone's everyday life. We are the last bastion to protect Pokemon versus this wave of technological advance uh, and this imbalance that's beginning to happen. And I'm not going to lie to you, we're getting our ass beat right now. So the fact that you are describing essentially the worst case scenario for us, and it might have already come true, it's a big problem. Big well, Jakob, the fact that you know that and that everyone around here is aware of that is a bonus because in the future, all the history books are erased and destroyed by avarice. And it, the general population of the future knows nothing about the connection between RWO and the company. They think avarice um, is a a a good, I guess, uh, you know, avarice controls everything, but... No one's the wiser. They don't understand how the world got to that point like you all do. So I don't know if we could help maybe, you know, preserve some of the knowledge that you all know. Um, Now that we know that it's going to be destroyed, maybe that would help so that we're always fighting avarice. And the general population always knows that avarice is a bad thing instead of just what they're used to. And uh, he... he, he 
kind of does like that, like sucking air through his teeth and, and looks up a little bit, whips his guitar around, and then um, <laughs> I did that for me and for, for Jacob Pretty out there. Shout out. Um, and uh, he's a, he, he just turns to you. He goes, first things first, let's get back to base. I'm going to get the other generals together and... Um, I would like for you to meet them so we can talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cobb, one last question before we uh, do that. Is um, is Felix still alive? Felix Avarice? Yeah, that I, I, I just out of curiosity, um, you know. No, F- F- Felix Avarice is not alive. Died about three, four years ago. I see. So, Calvin... Is the head of the Johto region, and is that is that 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 has that happened? That happened? Yeah, that at real piece of shit. He sure is. He sure is. He's the he's he's one of the ones pro like uh, uh, pushing this, and kind of has really ramped up the tensions and the severity and savagery that that, that this war has has taken. And Pokemon are more at risk now than they've ever been before. Okay, so just to be clear, what if we killed him? Well, he's already dead. Oh, you mean Calvin? Just to be clear, where we're at in the timeline, so we we're past the point where Felix passes away. But are we? We're still before the tide of war favors Johto, Kanto, and Sinnoh. Um, am I? Or is that like we're like right in the where midst we're at, of that, right? Like at the start of that. So okay, does that make sense? May, let me make sure I'm I'm reading the right thing here. So I've got it marked down. We've got Felix passing at sixty-two or sixty-one. And then so you guys are effectively in year 10, 11. You're in year 10. You're on year 10. You're exactly where that line is. Where the tide of the war. Okay. You're on that line. Okay. All right. Perfect. So, you know, without giving away too much, right. uh, that's, where, that's where you are in the timeline. So cease to say, because I think everybody is intelligent enough to deduce this. There's a major event that you are going to be a part of. Well, you know, let's let's not. Let's we're just. Not, I'm just using the, them using the timeline. You know. No, and that's important for people to reference back to. Um, you are exactly on that line. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Year ten. Oh, well, like sorry. Year ten of the war. Year ten of the war. So sixty-five, 65. on the timeline. Sixty-five. Got it. Okay. So the RWO actually isn't formed until year seventy-one. Who knew would be going the R- back? The, R- the RWO. <laughs> so uh, obviously, I've shortcut that as the government, but effectively, it is the governments of it, that it, have it, come it. together. Um, I, I named it the JKH for Johto, Kanto, and Hoenn was the collective, and that's who they're fighting against. Are, what region are we in currently? This dusty area. Did we ask that? Uh, you're in Unova right now. Okay, that's where. Uh, Genovia. That, that's that's the region you're Genovia. in. You haven't asked that, but that's where the okay. region is. So we're, deal. I guess we're following Jakob to this meeting with his generals. Is that what we're uh, doing? Yeah. So uh, I know we kind of went off the rails. Let's let's. I'm just going to recap this, Joe, so we can make sure we're we're all on uh, on the level here. I said RWO, but I was trying to represent in my mind uh, Johto, Kanto, and Hoenn is the collective that have formed an alliance to essentially Got it. push the technological advance on Sinnoh and Unova. You guys are on Unova right now. You guys are in the desert on Unova 
and you are protecting through this battle. We'll assume you, you garnered this information, Nimbasa, which is the big city in the middle of Unova. That's not where the base is, but that's the, the big city you are protecting from the JKH kind of push. Um, all, everything else is on the level. You're 10 years into the war after having that conversation. And we are now heading back with Jakob to the base. Is everybody on the same page? Especially yep. me. Am I on the same page? <laughs> Are you on the page? As as uh, y- your conversation kind of wraps up and Jakob kind of puts his focus um, to getting back to the base and getting ready by everybody back, um, you kind of escort him on that dune buggy. HB joins in. You kind of pulled her, kind of rope her into it. Um, and you just kind of head through the dunes. The desert base comes into view. A 30-foot-tall, light brown, sand-blasted walls seem to have grown out of the sand itself. Iron gates slowly creak open, a lookout signaling from the top of the wall to let you in. As you enter, you're, you're greeted by a small marketplace with a few kiosks and shops. Everything in the base looks weather-worn from the harsh wind and sand. Rising out of the center of the square is a large, domed tower. Flying Pokemon leaving and arriving from the top through openings in the dome. Tan buildings of different shapes and sizes, connected by heavy stone arches, uh, form makeshift streets. You quickly recognize that these are all mess halls and barracks, uh, and there's a single singular watering hole breaking that form. So as you all pull back in, uh, Jakob turns to you and says, I, I need to check in, report on the events of the last two days. Uh, please meet me in the fl- uh, in the tower, floor 37, to discuss what's going on. I'll make the call to get the other leaders there. They'll help me sort all this out. Um, and he doesn't wait for an answer. He just kind of spins on his heel and, and walks away. Mm-hmm.